Welcome to Impact Church's podcast with Pastor Travis Hearn. Pastor Travis also serves as the team pastor for the NBA's Phoenix Suns and has served Major League Baseball as the team chaplain for over a decade. Today, he leads us with a powerful and hope-filled message. We're so glad you're tuning in, and we believe that wherever you're listening from, that God will impact your life through today's message. Thank you for joining us today. If you said that prayer and accepted Jesus into your heart, it's the best decision you could ever make. We want to connect and celebrate with you. Visit impactchurch.com for more information about our church and how you can get plugged in here with us. Be sure to subscribe and share today's message with your friends. Thanks for tuning in, and we can't wait to hear how God has made an impact in your life. In the book of 1 Samuel, in the book of 1 Samuel, there's a story about a teenage boy, David, teenage boy David. He finds himself face to face with a giant. We know this story. How many know this story? Raise your hand. We know this story. He finds himself face to face with a giant who is a champion fighter. He has never lost a fight. In fact, he's killed everybody he's fought against. He's undefeated. The Bible describes this giant as nine feet, nine inches tall. Now that's a big dude right there. I'm around big dudes with the NBA all the time. That's a really big, that's three feet bigger than the big dudes that I'm around. And the Bible says that he wore armor that weighed 125 pounds his spearhead alone was 15 pounds this dude was a bad man and he came out and he trash talked the israelites every day the bible says for 40 days he came out over and again and he said pick your best fighter to fight me philistines versus the israelites pick your best fighter to fight me and if you win we will be your servants forever but if I win you have to be our servants forever and this is interesting if you look at this with me in 1st Samuel 17 verse 11 it says when Saul and the Israelites Saul was the king he was the leader when Saul and the Israelites heard this they were terrified and they were deeply shaken see that's what giants try to do to us do they not they try to make us fearful they try to shake us they try to intimidate you and many of you today are facing a giant many of you today might be facing more than one giant and that's what giants do they try to make you afraid and we all have different giants through different moments in our life maybe today it's a relational giant in your relationship it just seems like this giant is so big for your marriage or your family or your children it could be an emotional giant where your mind is just playing tricks on you or you're dealing with fear non-stop you're dealing with shame or you're dealing with guilt or regrets it could be a medical giant where you need God to heal your body desperately. So today and for the next few weeks, I have come to preach a message series titled Jesus Over Giants. Jesus Over Giants. Would you look at somebody and tell them today, Jesus Over Giants. Come on, tell somebody. Jesus Over. Tell somebody again like you mean it. Get it deep into your spirit. Jesus Over Giants. And I want to talk to you about what to do 
when you're face to face with a giant. And before I do, I'm going to pray. Would you bow your heads with me? Father, thank you for this word today. Thank you for your word, for it is better than life to us. It is the guidebook for our life, the roadmap. It is healing for our hearts. Today, God, speak to us. Speak to us in Jesus' name. We all say amen. Amen. What do you do when giants threaten your life? Let's give our worship team a round of applause one more time. These guys. Always bringing it. Always bringing it. And we're, hey, we are working on some stuff. We are in songwriting mode. I don't know if Phil, Philip, somebody that's related to me, somebody, Calvin, Monty, anybody could turn that machine off while I preach. That would be the most anointed thing of the morning. Because that thing just buzzes and buzzes and buzzes and buzzes. And PT has ADHD, 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 ADHD. So thank you. I think they even did that remotely. That was pretty cool. Great. I appreciate that. What do you do when those giants threaten your life? What do you do when you're face to face with the giant? I want to give you a couple spiritual keys. If you have your outlines and you're following along today in your apps, uh, key number one, what do I do when I'm facing my giant? Number one, write this down, is that I walk by faith and not by sight. Say it out loud. I walk by faith and not by sight. It's Jesus over giants, baby. It's Jesus over giants. I walk by faith and not by sight. What is your default response to fear? Have you ever thought about your default response to fear is that I run or that I hide or that I shut down? I don't want to face that giant, so I just try to turn it off, try to not think about it. This is the temptation of every human on the planet, is that when we're facing the giants in our life, those giants have the ability to control your life. They have the ability. And if you're not careful in your own life, you can live your life choosing giants over Jesus. And God wants you to choose Jesus over giants. See, fear, it can make you retreat. Fear, it can make you paralyze. It paralyzes your life. Fear can put limitations on your life. This is why Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, he said, for I walk by faith, not by sight. For we walk by faith, not by sight. See, your sight, your vision can freak you out. Your vision can fool you. Your vision can fail you. See, because fear, fear makes everything bigger than it actually is. But faith, it shrinks that giant down to nothing because that's the God that we serve. Faith is what slays the giants in your life. I'm going to need some help today preaching in this 9 a.m. service. Otherwise, I'll leave and come back at 11 because I know they're going to help me. But faith, faith, it means this, that I take my eyes off the problem and I put my eyes onto God's power. 
that I put my eyes, my focus onto God's power. See, God wants you to live by faith, not fear. God wants you to live by faith, not fear. Everybody has two types of vision. We have what I would say is our physical eyes, and then we have our spiritual eyes. We see in two different perspectives. And seeing with our spiritual eyes, somebody say spiritual eyes, spirit eyes, they build your faith. It gives you a Christ-fueled confidence, but your physical eyes, they diminish your faith. You start seeing and you start worrying and you start stressing and you start having anxiety, faith over fear. It's interesting because the history of the word worry is an old English word, worrying. That's where we get our word worry and it means to strangle or to choke or to shake. Isn't that just what fear does to us? It's almost like I can't breathe. I'm so afraid. I'm so terrified. I'm so anxious that I'm not even breathing right. I don't feel right. It ends up affecting your body, your mental health, your emotional and physical health. It shakes you to your soul. So seeing with your physical eyes, it can give you fear, but seeing with your spiritual eyes, it gives you faith. That's why we keep our eyes on Jesus. That's why it's Jesus over giants. That's why it's Jesus and faith over giants and fear. I want you to say this out loud. Say fear is a liar. Tell somebody that fear is a liar. Fear is a liar. Fear causes things in my life that should not be in my life. I want you to write these down, A, B, C, and D, and maybe E, F, G. I'll just keep going all the way to Z if I need to. But fear, A, letter A, is it discourages my heart. That's what fear does. It brings me down. It's discouraging. It weighs me down. Fear makes me worry. Then worry turns to discouragement. But it doesn't just stop with you. Listen, I hope you'll hear me today because your fear doesn't just discourage you. It discourages everybody that's close to you. It doesn't just stop with you. It actually starts with you. But the good news is, is so does faith. See, fear, fear can not only ruin your own life, but fear can ruin your marriage. Fear can ruin your family. Fear can ruin your finances. It can ruin your future. But faith, faith is something that will build your life up. So I look at these giants, but I see them through the eyes of faith. That's what David did. Okay, B, write this down. Fear, it dilutes your vision. Fear dilutes your vision. It messes everything up that God has planned for your life. It dilutes your vision. You can't see clearly when you're looking through the lenses of fear. Sam, I'm glad you're in the front row again. Can I borrow your glasses again? Come on, Sam. I need to borrow your glasses. These are my fear glasses, right? And... Sam, brother... I'm good friends with the Phoenix Suns eye doctor. You might, we could hook a brother up. I feel drunk. Like this, this is for real, dude. But this is, this is what fear does. It dilutes, it, it messes everything that you're seeing up. It messes it all up. You're like, man, if you just take the fear glasses off 
And you see clearly, it's so much better, Sam, with these off. I know, I know this makes you see like I see right now, but bro, we need to pray. We need to anoint you with oil. We need to pour some oil in your eyes, buddy. It's just, come on, give Sam a round of applause. He's always... Fear, fear, it messes up my, it messes up my sight. I'll never get through this. I'll never defeat this giant. That's what fear screams. You'll never win. Your marriage will never be healthy. Your marriage will never recover. That's what fear shouts. But faith shouts, I can raise that marriage back from the dead because I am the God of the resurrection. Faith is healing and faith is power. I want you to write this down. Letter C is that fear, it distorts your decision making. It distorts. You, 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 when you live in fear, you become a really bad decision maker. It, it messes everything. It distorts every decision because I cannot see clearly. I make bad decisions. I make decisions for my life that are based on fear and not on freedom. I make bad decisions. Fear makes you do crazy things. Anybody remember the beginning of 2020 with COVID? We're like, my God, we're going to die. There's a virus. It's going to kill us all. Go get some toilet paper fast. <laughs> How many of you, honest enough, you still have toilet paper from a year ago? Come on, raise your hand. Don't lie. You still have toilet paper. It's like, we're going to die. If I'm going to die with a virus, I'm going to die with a clean booty. That is for <laughs> sure. Tell me fear's not crazy. Tell me fear's not crazy. How many are old enough to remember Y2K? You remember the turn of 2000, right? And there was all this media and all this rumor. The computers weren't ready for the new year to turn. It was going to turn 2000. The whole world was going to shut down. For those of you that aren't old enough, you don't even know what I'm talking about. But literally, the whole world was going to just crumble. The computers weren't going to work. Planes were going to fall out of the sky because they're driven by computers. The computers of the world, energy, electricity, everything was going to shut down. And so everybody was like, man, I better be prepared. It's going to be martial law. Everybody's going to be crazy. We're not going to be able to go to stores. There's going to be no lights. You know, some people were playing jokes on their neighbors, and it struck midnight, and they would power their house off on this electric box, like jack with them a little bit. Y2K was coming. I went and bought weapons. I did, man. I was in my 20s. I'm like, I got to be ready. Like, the pastor of disaster is going to be ready. Because the thing is, I love my neighbor, but if he comes for my tuna, it's over. Like, I got a sniper thing on top of my roof, man. Hey, I love you, but this is my family we're talking about. I still got tuna from 2000. Just in case. Got a bunker full of tuna. Fear is crazy. Fear is crazy. Fear makes you crazy. Tell somebody fear makes you crazy. That is for sure. Fear makes you crazy. It distorts your decision making. And, and, and this is letter D. I want you to write letter D down is that fear debilitates. It debilitates your life. It debilitates. In other words, it paralyzes you. I don't want to get in a relationship again because I was hurt in the last one I was in. It 
paralyzes you. I don't want to try again because I failed the last time I tried. And so fear, it paralyzes you. That's what the devil's trying to do. He's trying to dilute your life. He's trying to distort your life. He's trying to mess everything up. This is what Goliath was trying to do to the Israelites. He stands out there taunting them every single day. And the Israelites were so afraid that nobody, nobody would step up to this giant. King Saul, the king, even offered some incentives. He said, look, if anybody, will anybody go fight this giant? If anybody, any of y'all will say yes. And if you win, I will give you not only free taxes for the rest of your life. You'll never have to pay tax again. You have to live through it, but you'll never pay tax again. And you can have my daughter in marriage. She must have been one ugly girl because there were no takers. Nobody was like, dude, yeah. I mean, she must have looked like she'd been through a fire with her face or something. I don't know. No takers. Fear, it paralyzes you. Fear, it paralyzes the Israelites. And, and this is where it gets exciting. Because this is where David comes in. A teenage boy. He's not even a soldier. He's not even part of the army. He has three older brothers that are in the army. And David's dad tells David, who is a teenager, a shepherd boy, his job in life was to take care of his daddy's sheep. That was his job. And his dad says, David, go check on your brothers. Make sure they're good. Take them this food. Make sure they're good. And David gets up there and he hears this giant taunting and trash talking and shouting. I want you to read this verse. Look at this verse. First Samuel 17, 26. He says, David says, who does that worthless Philistine think he is? He's making fun of the army of the living God. Who does this guy think he is? He's messing with God's child. Impact Church, you are God's child. Who does this guy think he's messing with? This is a child of God. I love the perspective of a teenager. It's borderline brave and stupid at the same time. How many of you, when you were teenagers, you can remember at least one stupid, really stupid thing you've ever, you did as a teen? Raise your hand. Okay, what did you do? No, what about you? Sit down. No, no takers? You went to an ASU party. My God, you rebel. <laughs> Lord, forgive him for the very thought of going to an ASU party. And, I, and hey, it probably was. ASU is not playing around when it comes to parties. That is for sure. They party different. That is for sure. I love David because he had a different perspective. Some of you guys just need somebody to speak a different perspective into your life. I love that he had a different perspective. 
I love that he came in with faith and not fear. I love this because the Israelites had a fearful perspective, but David had a perspective that was full of courage and faith. David wasn't focused on the size of the giant. He was focused on the size of his God. See, the Israelites, the Israelites thought that the giant was too big to hit, but David knew that that giant was too big to miss. It's all about perspective. It's all about the way you see life. This is what he says in verse 30. Listen to this. David says, your majesty. He said, this Philistine shouldn't turn us into cowards. I'll go out and fight him myself. Listen, your situation, don't let it turn you into a coward. Your situation should not turn you into a coward. Your perspective is full of faith, which turns me into a person of courage, courageous, I've said this a hundred times, you've heard it, that courage isn't the absence of fear, it's the answer to fear. It is my response to fear, that I'm going to be courageous anyway. Courage means I face my fear anyway. Courage means that I face that sucker with fullness of faith. Courage, courage. Listen, if you weren't afraid, you wouldn't need any faith. Faith is the answer That's why Paul says, I walk by faith and not by sight. I want you to write number two down. Number two, the second thing is that when you're facing a giant is to only listen, only listen to the voice of God. God's voice. Say God's voice. God's voice. Say it again. God's voice. Only listen to God's voice. Because when you're facing a giant, There's going to be a whole lot of voices in your head. There's going to be a lot of voices in your head. And so many voices are talking when you're up against this giant that sometimes the voice of God seems to get drowned out. And the voices are crazy. Think about all the voices in your head for a minute. Think about the voices in your head. Like, Man, you got like God speaking to you. Listen, I, I'll tell you this. this. This is the truth is that God speaks to us more than we listen to him. Okay. The voices in our head. We got the God, we got the God voice. We got the devil's voice. You got your own voice. And then you decided to talk to some clown that has no answer for you. You got their voice. You got your mama's voice. You got your daddy's voice. You got your friend's voice from work. They don't even love Jesus, but you told them about your giant. And you got their voice. Now you've got this this collage of voices in your head, which also paralyzes you. It paralyzes you. So I want to listen to God's voice only. You know that God's always talking to you. Always talking to you. God speaks to us in so many different ways. He speaks to us through signs and wonders. 
I was telling somebody about David today, and I was saying, yeah, he's from Elevation Church with Pastor Stephen Furtick. He's one of their worship leaders. This friend of mine said, I've never heard of that church. And I'm like, well, welcome to Jesus, because they're like the biggest worship uh, uh, group in the world right now. And I said, Elevation Church, and I mentioned Pastor Stephen Furtick, and I was like, man, they're killing it. They're on fire. He's like, that's cool, man. I'm going to have to check into them. Never heard of them. He left. This was this morning, like 7 a.m. He left. He gets in his car. He sends me a screenshot, and he goes, PT, this is crazy. And I said, okay, what? And he said, I just right now opened my Instagram and I see Elevation Church with Stephen Furtick's face on it. Now, I know a lot of you don't know who he is, but it doesn't matter. What I'm trying to tell you is that God is always speaking to you. He is always trying to talk to you. He is always trying to teach you and counsel you and consult you and direct you. We are hearing from God, but we are also hearing from a whole lot of other voices. The Bible says that God speaks to us through the power of his Holy Spirit. He speaks to us through devotionals. He speaks to us us through dreams. He speaks to you through your pastor. He speaks to you through worship music. He speaks to you. You don't need a bridge. God speaks right to you. You know, in the Bible, it says that God spoke to Moses through a burning bush. That'll get your attention, right? You know that God spoke to Balaam through a donkey, through a jackass. That's what the King James Version that calls him a jackass. It, it, listen, if, look at somebody right now for a minute. Look at somebody and tell them this. If God can use a jackass, he can definitely use you. Come on, tell somebody. Come on, tell somebody. This is your right, right? This is your moment. This is your moment. It's like I'm not calling you a jackass. I'm just saying. If God can speak through a donkey, he can. God is always speaking to us, but there's so many voices. Listen, anytime you're facing a giant, there are going to be countless voices, conflicting voices, confusing voices. David had many voices in his head. Listen, if David would have listened to all the other voices, David would have never fought that giant. If he would have listened to what everybody else was saying, he would have never had the courage and the faith to go up against this this giant, even his own leader, King Saul, was a voice uh, of unreason. King Saul in verse 33, he tells David, he said, David, you don't have a chance against him. You're only a boy and he's been a soldier his whole life. With a leader like that, (laughs) or as I always say, with friends like that, Who needs enemies? King Saul's like, bro, you cannot do. Listen, I've learned this in my own life. Have you learned this? That everybody, everybody's got something to say, but not everybody's worth listening to. We need to protect our minds and our hearts. Listen, the importance of the voice in your head is simply this, is that you can start believing what you're listening to. The voice that's the loudest, you start to believe it. We don't always listen to the voice that's the loudest. That's why in the Old Testament, it talks about the still, small voice of God. Getting in those moments of peace. In verse 42, David also heard Goliath's voice. You remember this story? 
So he is hearing King Saul go, David, you're just a boy. You can't do this. You're going to get smoked, dude. Like, this guy's going to crush you. He's a professional champion, undefeated giant. You have never fought in a fight. You're a teenage shepherd boy. You cannot do this. He will kill you. That's one voice. Another voice was the voice of Goliath himself, the giant. And it says this, when David, when Goliath saw that David was just a healthy, good-looking boy, he made fun of him. David, do you think I'm a dog? You think I'm a dog? Is that why you come after me with a stick? And then he cursed David in the name of the Philistine gods. And he shouted, come on, David. When I'm finished with you, I'll feed you to the birds and the wild animals. Listen, David could have easily cowered to the other voices and it would have stopped him in his tracks. We just looked last week at the power of words. Words are powerful. An entire sermon last Sunday about the power of words. They have the power of life. They have the power of death. He could have thought, you know what? These guys are right. Who am I? I'm just a small kid. No war experience. I've never fought anybody. Look how big that dude is. He is a war champion. David did not focus on that. He focused on the voice of God. See, the reality is, is you guys have some voices in your head today. And those voices are trying to cause fear and ultimately destruction. Fear and destruction. But then there's another voice. Aren't you thankful for God's voice today? There's another voice. And God says, I am with you. And God says, I am your God. And God says, I will strengthen you. And God says, I will help you. And I will uphold you with my right hand. And I will never leave you. And I will never forsake you. And you're going to make it. And I love you. And you're a friend that sticks closer than a brother. And greater is me that is within you than the devil who is in the world. And that no weapon that's formed against you shall prosper. Because God is greater. He is greater. And if God is for you, who can be against you? It's crazy because sometimes it's not the devil, it's not somebody in your life, but it's your own voice that has paralyzed you. We give credit to the devil when it might just be us. Our own voice. See, sometimes your own perspective is what's keeping you out of the promised land. Your own perspective. Because I've convinced myself that I should be afraid. Isn't it crazy? Remember last week I talked about this when, or two weeks ago when Moses, he, he was leading the children of Israel into the promised land and he sent out 12 spies. And the 12 spies came back and 10 of them were like, there's no way we can defeat Jericho. They're huge. We look like grasshoppers compared to them. But then two people, two of the 12 spies came back and they go, we can do this. We can take these guys down. What's the difference? It's the same army. It's the same nation. It's the same leader. What's the difference? The difference is perspective. The perspective of faith over fear. Jesus over giants. Two came back in faith. Joshua and Caleb, and by the way, Joshua ended up becoming the leader after Moses died. And he led these, he led these people into the promised land. See, God has a promise for your life, 
And that's why the devil tried to cause so many problems in your life. Because he wants the problems to either abort the situation or at least slow the situation down. God has a promise. God has a promise. Say that out loud. God has a promise. Tell somebody, prophesy to them that God has a promise for your life. God has a promise. He does. He has a promise for your life. Let's move on. Number three. Number three. When I'm facing my giant, this is, this is such a big one, is to remember what God has already brought me through. See, when I remind myself about the miracles in my past, has anybody ever experienced God did a miracle in your life? Anybody at all? Come on, let's give some praise today. When I'm up against a giant and I'm freaking out, but I look backwards and go, but God brought me through that and God brought me through that. And God, you want to know how much my Impact Church family has built my faith? You want to know? Nope. Okay, I'll save that for the 11 a.m. 11 a.m. You, you, you got, see, see, I know you come here for me to build your faith, but I want you guys, well, most of you, to know that most of you, not all of you, but a lot of you have built my faith. And, and, I, and I want to tell you why. I want to tell you why. Because the church... Over 10 years, 11 years, has just blown up, and it's growing faster than I even know what to do. And, and, and so, but that's not what I'm saying yet. Hold on. And so somebody have to get control of this gentleman for a minute. And so, 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 so we grew out of our old building. We were, doing, we were doing four services, and we needed a new location. And so this new location was going to be upwards of like $8 million to get into this and renovate this. And on the front side of that $8 million, all I saw was a big freaking giant. Right? And I'm thinking, like, how are we going to do that? I've, I've never raised $8 million in my life. I've never raised a million dollars in my life. So how, God, are we going to raise $8 million in about 10 months? Y'all know you just shattered right through the lid of that price. So, so, so. I was, just I, was just telling, I was just telling my brother-in-law this last week, Phil, I said, you know what? My faith is so built because of what happened in the past that now building a 50 or 70 or $100 million arena, I have no fear at all because I know that we're going to bring and raise that money. Isn't it great that you can look backward so that it helps you move forward. I know we talk so much about don't look back, don't look back, don't look back. We're talking about what it is that you're actually looking back at. It's about perspective because there are some things that we want to look back at. I love to look back through pictures when my kids were babies. I love that memory. There are some things that we need to look back toward so that we can move forward in victory. So when I remind myself of the miracles of my past, it reminds me about the miracles coming in my future. Because God didn't bring you this far to leave you where you are today. God didn't bring you here to leave you here. We're going to make it. We're going to make it. God's got you. God's got you. I love this because 
King Saul tells David, you're just a boy. You don't have a chance. You don't have a chance. And David's response in verse 36, look at this with me. David's response to the king, by the way, that's probably pretty intimidating. David said, King Saul, (laughs) your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised, now he's getting personal. This uncircumcised, this is like the trash talker of trash talkers. He make Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant look like nothing. He said, this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. They shouldn't have made fun of the army of the living God. The Lord has rescued me from the claws of the lions and the bears, and he will keep me safe from the hands of this Philistine. Listen, anytime you're facing a giant, remind yourself, This is nothing. Remember what God did for me then? Can you imagine being a teenage shepherd boy or girl? In this day and age, or both. (laughs) And, and, And like I remember being a teenager and like I worked hard in sports, but I had these little side jobs. Man, I just want to get it over with. Like, you know, you ever have some weird teenage, everybody had a weird teenage job, right? Like weird teenage job. You know, I worked for Arby's. <laughs> the drive through dude. I would go back. I love an Arby's sandwich. It's, it's, uh, I think they put crap in it. It's addictive. It's chemicals and it's bad for you. But, hey. And I, I would get, do my job to get out of there, right? It's like teenage, David's no joke. He's like, my job is to take care of my daddy's sheep. If you're David and a bear came after you, would you be like, let's go, bro? Like, <laughs> I'm just saying if a bear came at me or my daddy's sheep, I'm like, well, that's a bummer. Like, <laughs> dude took his job serious. A lion? You ever seen a lion up close? Like, let him go! You know, I'm saying like, what? What? And he, and, he, and he doesn't just get this. He says, I killed both. Both the lion and the bear. Both of them. Hey, let, me, let me tell you something. If you've killed a lion and a bear with your freaking hands as a teenage boy, you think a nine foot nine human is going to scare you? No. And we all, every one of us, we all have lions and bears in our past that God has helped us defeat. And God is going to help you defeat this giant too. If you believe it today, I want you to put your hands together. Come on, I want you to stand to your feet. And I want you to give God a shout of praise if you believe that today. That God is going to help you conquer that giant that stands in front of you. In the name of Jesus Christ, God Almighty, devil, giant, we come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the army of the living God, and you will be defeated in Jesus' name. Somebody say in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.
You can be seated. I'm not done. Just felt like it for a minute. Number four, and then I'm going to be done. When you're facing a giant, and this is a big one, is to trust God for your victory. Because so many times we think that we have to figure it out and we have to be the ones that lead us into victory. And you know, when you try to fight the battle without God, you're going to lose that battle. When you go up against a giant without God, you're going to lose that battle. And so I trust God for the victory. There have been many times in my life personally where I've thought, how do I defeat this giant? The answer is Jesus over giants. It's not Travis over giants. It's Jesus over giants. Giants. See, God reminds us that you don't have to defeat any giant. I'll defeat this giant for you. This is what the Bible says in Exodus 14, 14. He says, the Lord will fight for you. You only need to be still. Will you read this out loud with me? The Lord will fight for you. You only need to be still. Get out of the way and let God be God. Lay your weapons down and let God fight this battle for you. Deuteronomy chapter 3 verse 22 says, do not be afraid of them for the Lord your God will fight for you. Isn't that great news today that God's going to fight somebody bigger and stronger than you fights for you? That's pretty dope. Like one day, my son is now 18. And if you follow me on Instagram, you saw yesterday that he won uh, they, they won the state championship for their basketball. And, uh, and you know, it's like, it's kind, of, it's kind of come to be expected with Scottsdale Christian. I shouldn't tell you where my kids go to school in case one of you is a freak. But if you go, you know, scouting out, we'll definitely snipe you for sure. I know people in high places. Sheriff Paul Penzone is a good friend and comes to our church. He will snipe you. Boom. But when my son was eight, he was eight, and uh, I had to go get a tire repaired. And there's very few things I like less than going to a tire place to get something that would take eight minutes to repair, but it takes four hours. And I remember Dre, Andre, y'all know who Pastor Andre is? Pastor Andre, six foot four, 275, in his mid-40s, still looks like he plays in the NFL. He stands out at the front glass and gives every uh, door, door and gives everybody waters and greets everybody. Great guy. He's my best friend in the, in the whole world and, and my partner in ministry. Uh, uh, Natalie calls him my man wife because <laughs> she's, she's my wife. And then and, and so, and, and so Andre, I said, Drake, can you follow me and pick Jojo and I up from the tire place? Cause I'm just going to drop the car for a while. And he's like, I got you. And so he follows me. I park the car. I grab my son. He's eight. I walk him across the little street inside of the, the parking lot. And this car comes in and he starts 
flipping me off and honk. I've got my eight-year-old son in my hand, and he's flipping me off and honking because I'm not walking fast enough for this gentleman. So Andre, is in front of that guy and he puts his car in park, he opens his door and he gets out and he stands up and he looks at the dude. You know how fast that dude's bird went down? He just shot that bird right out the sky, man. The dude just kind of waved and drove off with his tail between his legs and I'm like, that's right. Bring it. Because I got news for you. If you come at me, I know a lot of big, strong dudes in my life. Isn't that a great depiction of what God does for us? Like the devil can come at you, but God gets out of the car. That's my child, and you cannot touch my child. That is a child of the living God Almighty. That is mine and my protection, my hedge of protection is upon their life. I love God's word. God's word is, man, God's word. Welcome back, guys. Right on time, too. Right on time. I, I want to end it with this because David answers the trash talk. Is it? I know we're in church. I'm not judging you for this, but does anybody like to trash talk? Come on, seriously, like raise your hand. Some of you are afraid to raise your You're like, if I tell you that I love it, would that be helpful? How many, like, I do love to trash. How many of you, like, you kind of like it a little bit? Like, to me, it's a game. Yeah, it's sports, and, but the problem is, is it, tr it transfers over into, like, real life. It does for me. It might not for you. You know, used to be out on the basketball court, and I'd be like, bro, you can't guard me. He'd be like, oh, I can guard. i say, I'm just telling you right now. I'm going to go right on you, and there is nothing you can do about it. <laughs> Take him. I love the trash talk. But then it translates into real life. You're at the store at Fry's or something, <laughs> pushing a shopping cart, you know. And somebody's getting all agitated. Like, bro, can you move? Hey, I'm sorry, what'd you say? <laughs> David was like the ultimate. We just talked about our mouths last week. David was the ultimate <laughs> trash bag talker. And, and, and I love this because the giant trash talks. And then, and then you know, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to feed you to the birds. And then David, 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 David. See, this is what I want us to get into our spirits today is David. The Bible says that the Philistines were on one hill and the Israelites were on another hill and there was a valley between them. And David doesn't just trash talk from the valley. Like he, start, he starts running directly at the giant. Running, full speed, trash talking. And this is what he says. He says, giant, Goliath, 
You come out to fight me with a sword and a spear and a dagger, but I've come to fight you in the name of the Lord All-Powerful. He is the God of Israel's army, and you have insulted him too. And so today, the Lord will help me defeat you. Everybody here will see that the Lord doesn't need swords or spears to save his people. The Lord always wins his battles, and he will help us defeat you come on impact church is that good news or is that good news come on stand to your feet with me stand to your feet with me come on stand to your feet with me let me do it hey put your hands in the air lift your hands to Jesus today God we lift our hands to you we lift our hearts to you God we pray that you build our faith God as Peter stepped out of that boat because of the very word that you spoke Jesus is that you yes Peter, it's me. Jesus, if that's really you that I see walking on water in the middle of the dark night, tell me to come walk with you. Jesus says one word. He says, come. Come. See, the Bible says that faith comes by hearing the word of God. Jesus said, Peter, it's me. Come. Peter's faith is built and he steps out of that boat and he starts to walk on water but he's really not walking on water he's really walking on the word of God he's walking in the miraculous because on the other side of the step of faith is where the miracles take place and he's walking on the word of God he's walking in the miraculous word come see One word from God changes your entire life. It changes your entire focus. It changes your entire perspective. One word. He says, come. Come. God, build our faith today. If you're here today and you've never taken a step of faith yourself to surrender your life to Jesus Christ, I want to encourage you to take that step today. Would you take that step today? And pray, say, Jesus, today, I take a step of faith to surrender my life to you. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Forgive me of my sins. Thank you for making me a brand new creation in Christ Jesus. God, for all of us today that are facing giants, God, we come against these giants in the name of the Lord God Almighty, who is undefeated who remains undefeated. God, will you fight this battle? Fight this battle for us. God, we trust you with tomorrow. We pray this in Jesus' name. All God's people say, amen, 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 amen. Thank you for joining us today. If you said that prayer and accepted Jesus into your heart, it's the best decision you could ever make. We want to connect and celebrate with you. Visit impactchurch.com for more information about our church and how you can get plugged in here with us. Be sure to subscribe and share today's message with your friends. Thanks for tuning in and we can't wait to hear how God has made an impact in your life.